What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. He's been broken. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. Yep, here we go with the latest episode of NXT, and we kick things off with our first official 
title match of the evening. Uh, we must stress that this is a non-title match because the title will not be defended until Halloween Havoc, which will be uh, next Saturday night. And of course, in this non-title match, we have Braun Breaker versus Javier Bernal. Uh, all right, we all automatically knew automatically that Braun Breaker was going to lose this match. I have to admit, this Javier guy put up a good fight. He got some shots in, but mostly the shots came in from Braun. Back and forth, back and forth. I mean, do you call this a grade A match, Manny? I mean, I mean, not really. Yeah, me neither. But I didn't really find this entertaining because he. Tr- I have to say this Jahar guy tried, but in the end, one, two, three, Braun Breaker wins. Well, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that Braun Breaker was basically tossing this guy ar- around the ring like a rag doll. And that's what I, and I'm going to be honest, I enjoyed that. Mm. And the reason I enjoyed that is because Braun Breaker, A, is a badass motherfucker. B, Javier, not so much. And C, Braun Breaker's involved in a triple threat match. And with so many injuries going on, not just in WWE or NXT, but in all of wrestling, you you can't afford, you can't risk injury to your champion before the pay-per-view. The last thing we need is another title being vacated. Yeah, true. And But luckily, NXT doesn't do interim champions, so that shit wouldn't happen. They would just crown a new one. But I don't want that. I don't want Braun Breaker to lose the title until he's ready for the main roster. And this is going to be an unpopular popular decision I'm about to say right now, but I don't want to see Braun get called up. Not period, no, but I not do. for a long time. And I'm going to tell you why. And I need to kind of go into the Raw and SmackDown section for a little bit to, to make my point. Recently, we discovered a fuck ton of people are coming back to WWE. A lot. At Extreme Rules, we saw the return of Bray Wyatt. In fact, Zach and I literally pulled over on the side of the road <laughs> to watch the return because I knew I was going to crash into something because I did not want to take my eyes off the phone. So we pulled in this little strip mall and fucking watched it before I took him home. Yeah, I remember that too. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, no, no. I go, <gasps> and all I said, I was like, finally, maybe you know, somebody in our group of friends here will finally shut the fuck up. I wonder who that is. Oh, he's never shutting the fuck up. He'll never <laughs> shut up. For the love of Christ, he'll never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you always used to complain about that. Fight wherever this, fight wherever that, fight wherever this, fight wherever that. It's like, okay, Desmond, we understand you want Bray Wyatt to come back. Give it time. He's in love behold. Shocker. There he is. Watch him not get bro- booked properly, and he bitches for the next 10 years. So, anyway. uh Don't but we all- up to the world. Well, no, but they seem to be doing a lot of good with Bray. So, Bray Wyatt returns. Then, last night on Raw, or Monday on Raw, at the time you're listening to this, because it's uh, early Wednesday that this some bitch came out. Um, we see a shout, and we gotta give a shout out here. Two good friends, two guys that I've become friends with over the last year. Uh, also returned to Monday Night Raw. Shout out to the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. They're back. They've signed uh, five-year deals uh, with WWE, so they're gonna be there for at least five years. Um, and I have a source. I can't reveal who it is, and I can't go into detail because I'm sworn to kayfabe. But let's just say there's a long-term plan for the Good Brothers. So this was a smart business decision for them to make. So good things are expected here. That's all I'm going to say. And then Brock Lesnar shows up, mm-hmm. fucking takes out Bobby Lashley. He tossed in the U.S. title. You know, yeah. And now, which I think they're going to set that up for Crown Jewel. And not only that, just when you thought, oh, my God, we can't see anything crazy. Next Monday night on Raw, we get to walk with Elias. 
and there's talk of more people coming back. Basically, all the people that Vince let go that Triple H had invested time and money in, he's trying to get them to come back. He's grabbed some people from Impact Wrestling. He's waiting for some AEW contracts to expire so he can bring them back. Vince has got a, I mean, sorry, Hunter has got a plan. But with all these people coming back, I don't want Braun Breaker to get called up yet because he'll get lost in the sauce. He just will. Braun needs to stay in NXT a little while longer. He needs to wait for the right time, and now's not the right time, so he should not lose a Halloween Havoc. But I, I realize that. Braun Breaker should not get called up right away. Don't call him up. It, it's not going to go well. because, And that's not a knock on Braun Breaker. I love and respect Braun Breaker. I never met him, but I've, I've met his uncle. He's a cool guy. But I, I, do, I really think he'll get lost in the sauce with all these returns that Triple H is planning. So keep Braun Breaker in NXT for now. And then once those got, once the the uh, honeymoon period for these big returns are over and we're, and we're basically um, desensitized to seeing them on TV, then bring Braun up. Because he'll be a fresh new face. There's too many fresh new faces coming in already. So Braun needs to stay down there. But outside of that, Braun dominated this match, and he needed to because he needs to look. He needs to look like a his badass self going into this triple threat match. Uh, fair enough. And then, of course, after the match, uh, McDonough and Dragonoff confront Breaker. They brawl. McDonough leaves the ring, and Dragonoff drops Breaker with a headbutt that was seemingly meant for JD. Yep. And then Dragonoff grabs the title and stands over Breaker. Now, I have a theory about this. I think the headbutt was an accident, but Dragonoff also knows it's a triple threat match. That's why he, he grabbed the belt and stood over him. Look, I didn't want to hit you, but I also know at Halloween Havoc, there's no friendships in a triple threat match. Once you step it once you all once you step in that ring for that title match, it's all about the belt. And they're gonna do what they have to do to win. Because in a triple threat match, there's no DQs. No DQs at all. And Next, we cut to uh, Alba Fire, who discusses her feud with Toxic Attraction and says she has a title match with Mandy Rose at Halloween Havoc next Saturday. Uh, good promo, and uh, she's uh, tired of Toxic Attraction. I'm tired of Toxic Attraction. Hopefully, at Halloween Havoc, that Alba Fire beats Mandy Rose for that title because it's been worn out for a for months. Yeah, but and here's the thing: if not her, then who? Who's left? Mm-hmm. It's like it's just like Roman Reigns. Who's left? You're running out of people. Maybe Hartwell. Yeah, her. But I think she lost to Mandy already too. If she hasn't, then yes, I would go with Indy. But I can't think of anybody else right now. So I hope Alba wins. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. It's an NXT North American Championship qualifier and the final bout of the best of three. Axiom goes one-on-one against Nathan Fraser. Um, this is your typical uh, spot monkey bullshit match. Sin Cara 2.0 going against Nathan Fraser. Back and forth. A lot of them got serious shots in. Couldn't stay off the top rope. It was back and forth. Circuit attack. And right for them, the person I actually do somewhat like Nathan Fraser because he's got good heart. Axiom just a rip off from Sin Cara. But it was okay for your typical circuit attack bullshit. But all right. <laughs> I have no interest in this at all. Whatsoever. That was pointless because I don't really care for those two somewhat. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I mean it's what we expected it to be. And it's been it's okay. the only difference is here there might have been a little bit more of submissions and Maybe somewhat uh, of a slow pace, but then eventually it got fast eventually because it had to because these guys do the cruiserweight shit. And it's not interesting to see. Fraser picks up the win. So now Nathan Fraser will be added to North American Championship ladder match, which is guaranteed to be a spot fest. Guaranteed. 
guaranteed to be a spot fest. So it's gonna be the one match that's not interesting. But we the match did what we needed to do. It got it got Nathan Fraser being the bet getting the best of Axiom. Um, mostly because, like you said, Axiom is a Sinkara 2.0. So there's not much to do with him. Nathan at least has some personality, and they can maybe get something out of him. But I don't see Axiom having much of a future. I really don't. I don't see how you can build him up with anything. Mm-hmm. And then they shake hands after the bout, and because it was a fair fight, and everything works in that regard. And we see here, we cut to outside. Dragonov is asked whether the headbutt was meant for Breaker. Grayson Waller interrupts, wearing some massive sunglasses, and Dragonov seemingly challenges Waller to a match. Uh, okay, typical, wonderful Grayson Waller, and uh, Dragonov was like, "Where'd you get those weird sunglasses from?" I thought that was funny right there. So tonight we'll see Dragonov against Grayson Waller. I wear Granny sunglasses at night. All right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, I can't really judge him that much though, because even though I never wore my grandma's sunglasses, I did I used to be guilty of wearing sunglasses at night. I don't know why. Looking back on it, I have no idea why I did that. I think it's because I honestly thought it would make me cool. I also used to remember you used to wear your sunglasses during the original Boots Cash back on the blog talk radio days. I did? Yeah, one or two times. Yeah. I think I was trying I think I was trying I think it was uh I think it was an homage to Larry. I think that's what it was. Because Larry Larry Wax on the regular guys, he used to wear dark sunglasses in the studio sometimes. So I thought maybe I think maybe it was an homage to him. And Or trying to be like Howard Stern. <laughs> well, not not I, I, not I, a little bit. You know, Howard Stern was was cool too. Um by the way, speaking of Larry, if you wanna see um uh, if you want to see the video uh, Larry and I did, I have it on my uh, Instagram. There's a reel of one of the scenes from the uh, Booch in the Car when Larry and I were doing the car jack scene. Uh, you might want to check that out. It's on my uh, Instagram, at Vinny the Booch, Bucci, B-I-N-N-Y-T-H-E-B-O-O-C-H-B-U-C-C-I. Check that out. Uh, there's a little reel up there that I got of uh, me and Larry having some uh, just having some fun. <laughs> it's when comedy goes wrong. And uh, But yeah. And, uh... <laughs> And of course, I got my thirty seconds of fame. I, I have a reel of that, and I have a reel of that that I'll be putting on uh, Instagram and TikTok oh, soon. <laughs> but that's gonna go. But that's gonna go on the Boochcast Instagram since it features you. Fair enough. So yeah, so I'm gonna do that. And uh, let's see. On so yeah. So anyway, Dragonov challenges Waller to a match. Grayson was kind of cool about it, or just being like, "What?" I don't know. It was a weird segment, but either way, we're getting a match. And then we cut to the backstage area with Valentina Feroz, who asked Sangha to be in his corner tonight, as he agreed. And Indy Hartwell says it's her ring tonight. Okay, I know Sanga, I know Indy Hartwell, but I don't know this forest chick. Okay, I didn't understand this promo. I didn't know who that was. Benny, do you have any idea who the fuck she is? Uh, I mean, she she's one she she's one half of that female jobber tag team, like, or I should say, the new jobber tag team after the old tag team became the champs. It's her and some other random bitch. They're uh, they're basically jobbers, and they're putting her there with Indy Hartwell. I guess they're trying to reestablish Indy Hartwell in NXT who, as far as we know, is, as we mentioned before, still married to uh, Dexter Loomis. It's just that Dexter's doing his thing on the main roster um, where he's tormenting The Miz. I bet you're enjoying the shit out of that, aren't you? Uh, oh, and trust me, and people think I'm enjoying every second of it, and they're right, um, but it's not just because it's The Miz. I mean, that is part of it. I would be lying if I said that wasn't a big uh, part of it. But the main reason is just because I'm glad Dexter Loomis is back. Ever since Dexter Loomis came back, I was happy. I thought him being let go was a stupid decision. 
And I think they're now obviously him and the Miz are supposed to have a match next week on Raw, where if um uh. Dexter wins, he gets a quote-unquote contract with WWE. But if The Miz wins, Dexter Loomis is gone for good. So I think they're going to have that match. And here's what I would love to see happen at some point, if they can make it happen. If it gets to a point where Miz and Maurice are both pissed at Dexter, call up Indy Hartwell and have like a mixed tag situation, like husband and wife versus husband and wife. I think it'd be great. I think so, too. Or if they don't call her up, make it a one-match a one match thing. But... That wouldn't make sense. If they're already married, you might as well call Indy up. I, I would say that. Like That's what I would say. If Indy Hartwell is not going to be the NXT Women's Champion, just call her up. Because even though I said Braun would get lost in the sauce, that's because there's a lot. Of, most of the returns have been dudes. They need more. They need more women who can wrestle, so we don't have to see any crying Girl Scouts anymore. Okay, we can decrease the Girl Scouts and the Japanese gibberish and all the other women who are on the roster who suck. There's some who are good, but some of them just suck horribly. So Indy Hartwell getting called up can make things better. But anyway, after that, we cut to Apollo Cruz, who vows to force his perspective on Grayson Waller, and he has a vision which shows glimpses of Chucky and a graveyard. Okay, uh, I didn't like the Chucky part. Jeez, I wonder why. And this right here was just typical creepy Apollo Creed uh, stuff. And we're going to see probably Halloween Havoc first in a while against Apollo Creed. I mean, why, why didn't you like Chucky? Benny, do you really want me to ask that, answer that question? Why? What's wrong with Chucky? Popular, with popular Chucky. character, crazy doll, friend to the end, Heidi Ho. What's wrong with Chucky? I don't like Chucky. Can we still move on from this, please? You do it. Oh, Zach. Don't you do it. You know you're the only ginger in NXT. Uh-huh. Okay, moving on. Yes. Uh, yeah, Zach doesn't want to talk about his bratty nephew. Anyway, we're going to move on now to the next <laughs> match <laughs> of the evening. We've got Indy Hartwell versus Valentina Feroz with Sangha. Uh, uh, do you call this a match? Huh? Do you call this a match? Um... Yeah. Yeah, I do. It I mean, was actually pretty good, even though, like we said before, like we said before in the beginning of the show, uh, we already know that Amy Hart was going to do. Perez, she tried. She got some shots in, found what she has a heart, and then all of a sudden, Amy Hart was snatched, hits her finisher, one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, it was still a good match. Um, and I also found it interesting because another thing we need to discuss here is the big shakeup that's happened in WWE, where they have moved all the commentators around. Yeah. Because basically on Monday Night Raw, we have uh, Corey Graves and uh, something Patrick. Patrick something. I don't know. The 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 guy with the UK accent. Um, I think it's Kevin Patrick, I think is his name. Um, they put him on the broadcast team. They made Byron Saxton a backstage interviewer. I guess enough fans bitched about his commentary. They finally took him off. Um, then uh, on SmackDown, they put... Um, Michael Cole and Wade Barrett together. They took Wade Barrett out of NXT, and now it's Vic Joseph and Booker T is now on the broadcast table. Now, this, of course, has asked a major question. Where the fuck is Pat McAfee? Well, Pat McAfee is still employed with WWE, but because of football season, Pat McAfee's involved in a lot of other projects, and everybody knows that's what Pat McAfee's most known for is his football career and football stats and football stuff. So while he's off taking care of that... That's where this shakeup is. Basically, once the football season is over, Pat McAfee is supposed to return to SmackDown, which means Wade Barrett will go to NXT and Booker T will basically fuck off. But mm-hmm. they've got Booker T filling that spot for now. They sent Wade Barrett over to SmackDown. 
So, and what's interesting is that Indy Hartwell, and I didn't know this, she trained in Booker T's wrestling school. I did not know that. Did you? No, I did not know. Yeah, I that was I thought that was pretty cool that she trained at the wrestling school. Um, I believe, yeah, she's um competed all over the. She's competed in different promotions. Uh, she's been at World Series Wrestling and Riot City Wrestling, but she did train for some time in uh, Booker T's school, and that's where she, um, you know, learned how to be a wrestler. And Booker T said how she's already got amazing experience. So that's where that's how she got good at you know wrestling was through that. And she is definitely a hell of a worker. She deserved this win. And I'm I I hope we see more from Indy Hartwell. Like I said, one of two things needs to happen. Either she needs to be on the fast track to the NXT women's title, or she needs to be called up to the main roster and working with Dexter Loomis and maybe getting the Raw or SmackDown women's titles up there. Preferably Raw if Dexter Loomis is going to stay on Raw. That's what I want to see happen. Indy Hartwell deserves success because she is truly one of the most talented women on the roster. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And and on that note, we see Pretty Deadly appear on a platform in the arena dressed like stereotypical American sports fans and say they're there to watch the number one contenders match. They say they're going to crack open a cold one during the match. The NXT tag try to start to do a cheerleader-like chant for themselves. Go, Pretty Deadly! Roll Tide! Yes, boy! Yes, boy. Shut up. Zach, how'd you feel about it? I don't think it was right that they said that one little horrible, evil, disgusting thing. Don't do it. What? What'd they say? Exactly what. Don't you say it. What, Tide Roll? No. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Don't you do it. Roll Tide. But shut the fuck up. Go dark. Okay, moving on. Hell yeah! You goddamn right, Roll Tide! How would you like to fuck my wife? Oh, you guys like to lose again. <laughs> Dude, you do realize when they say roll tide, they're making fun of people who say that. You know that, right? I understand. They're not, they're not saying that because they love Alabama. They're saying it because they think people who say roll tide are idiots. Oh, yeah. Are you telling me that roll tide bothers you that much you don't notice that? Yeah, I do notice it. I just don't like hearing it. I do. It was just, yeah. No. I mean, even if you're not an Alabama fan, Roll Tide just sounds cool to say. No, it don't. Anyway, we cut to the backstage area. We see Cora Jade, who was asked whether she has pitched Roxanne Perez, Roxanne Perez's opponent for next week, and notes she has plenty of options. She says no one likes Perez. Mackenzie Mitchell says that on the contrary, Perez's DMs are blowing up, and she's going to SmackDown on Friday. Hmm. All right. Uh... Cora J basically no one likes you. Uh, uh, no one likes Perez. Like, no, people like Perez. People just don't like you. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it is going to be intriguing to see um, who she would select from the roster. Because really, if you go to SmackDown, these are the choices she has. She's got Aaliyah, B-Fab. Be here. No, Kayla's an interviewer. Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan. <laughs> Dear God. Maxine Dupree, I don't think she wrestles. Wait, for some reason, Naomi's here and she walked out. So, did she make some kind of return I'm not aware of? I don't know. Uh, uh, Natalia's an option. Raquel Rodriguez is an option. There is Ronda Rousey, but I doubt they bring her to NXT. There's Samantha Irvin. Oh, they got Sasha Banks here, too. She's not there either. Uh, Scarlett, no, she don't wrestle. There's Shayna Baszler. She can maybe pick her. Um, there's Shotzi Blackheart. There's another girl here, but I won't say who because that'll fuck up the recap. Uh, there's Zia Lee and there's Alina Vega. So, of those choices, who do you think she would pick? Uh, I have no clue. Lacey Evans, maybe? Huh? Lacey Evans? Yeah. 
I mean, Lacey, yeah. I would think either Lacey Evans or Liv Morgan because Liv Morgan is, as much as I don't like her, uh, she is a NXT alumni that people like. So it would probably go over there. Unless they're still planning something crazy with her, then maybe they'll bring in, like, Natalia or some shit. But anyway, she, she plans on going to SmackDown on Friday to see who she's going to pick for Cora Jade's opponent. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a number one contenders match for the NXT Tag Team Titles. We got Idris Anofi and Malik Blade versus jo- versus Briggs and Jensen versus the Di- versus the Dyad with Joe Gacy. I thought this was actually really really, really good. How about you? It was it was it was good. It had its moments. It was good. It had a very very good moment. It had a very really 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 bad moment. Jeez, I wonder what that bad moment was. Hmm, we'll get to that here in a minute. But everybody, those gentlemen beat the shit out of each other. And then, of course, that uh, the Dyer was going to win with the help of Joe Gacy. All of a sudden, Cameron Grimes comes in, hits the cave in. All of a sudden, the Jabba team are now the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Champions, which makes no sense whatsoever. <clears throat> the only logical explanation I can come up with is that they want Pretty Deadly to be champs for a while. So this is just a way for them to get another victory over somebody instead of somebody that could be credible enough to beat them because Anofi and Blade are not are, – are, are, they're a jobber team. They're not deserving of anything, okay? It's, it's stupid that they're even teaming together in the first place. And so I feel like they're going to throw them in there so Pretty Deadly can get a good win, keep their reign going for a while, and then eventually when the time is right – um, one of these teams will be the ones to end it all, whether it's Briggs and Jensen or the Dyad. And at this point, I would go with the Dyad mm-hmm. because they're the only ones that, to my knowledge, have not faced pretty deadly. And I feel like if you want the schism to truly be a badass three-man group, the Dyad needs to tie belts to help make that happen. But I love Briggs and Jensen in this match. They really got to shine here and remind everybody how badass they are when they're not doing the goofy bullshit from backstage. Yeah, I'm a badass. I'm a WWE superstar. I make money, but I don't know how to talk to women. When are they going to cut that shit out? I don't know. Hopefully they do soon. All right. But uh, on that note, we cut to the backstage area where JC Jane says she and Gigi Dolan should be the number one contenders for the NXT women's tag team titles. Jane vows to get revenge on Alba Fire. Dolan says she and Jane would walk through fire in order to do so. Not a bad promo. That was I like that walk through fire to do so, but no, JC Jane and Gigi Jolan, you don't need the uh the women's tag team champion. You already had enough. Let somebody else have a turn now. Come on. But well, I thought this promo was actually pretty good. I mean, there's I mean their their segments are good for the most part. But uh, after that, we see a vignette of uh, Kiana James bossing people around. She's looking at a blueprint of Chase U and seemingly trying to buy the land that it's on. She says she's looking into many acquisitions. <laughs> okay, I don't know why she wanted to buy that Chase U, but okay, I, I went to the bathroom on this one. I came back. This was about to end. So can you take this one? Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask a quick question here. Mm. You ever seen the movie Accepted? Yes. The one with Justin Long and uh, Jonah Hill where they... Uh, create a fake college. Get create the a, cre- the yeah, create a fake college that ends up taking off that everybody ends up applying to. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminded me of that. And I'll tell you why. Like Because when they create this um, South Harmon Institute of Technology, there is a 
basically there's uh the other the big university the one that's considered legit um basically decides that they want to try to get rid of them because he wants the land that it's on for to to extend like some kind of bullshit courtyard because they want to have like the longest courtyard or whatever the fuck or it's a parking lot there's a reason why they want that piece of property and when i heard her say i want the land it reminded me of that movie for some odd reason. Mm, okay. I thought that was kind of, I thought, I'm listening to this like, really? This feels like the setting of a fucking, like, Justin Long movie. Mm. Like, I want that land. But those meddling kids are in the way. You also have to say that movie was pretty good because Lewis Black was in it. Oh, yeah. Because him as, like, a teacher was freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. Call it that. We got Alba Fire versus JC Jane with Gigi Dolan. I thought it was actually a pretty good match. You didn't like this? Nah. I did. The right person fucking won. Back and back and forth. It was a good physical match. The ladies beat the shit out of each other. And Alba Fire rightfully won. I mean, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like that Alba Fire won. I just didn't enjoy the match because I don't enjoy Toxic Attraction. Fair enough. So it, so it just, it wasn't interesting to me. Like I'm, I'm not going to be entertained till I see the belt around Alba Fire's waist. After if as, until I see that belt around her waist, everything that happens involving her and Toxic Attraction is just white noise to me. Mm. And then as Fire celebrating by the guardrail, she's blindsided by Sonya Deville. That's why I didn't mention her name on the list of people for Roxanne to pick because we already know it's not going to be her. Uh, Dolan, Jane, and Deville are gang up on Fire. Deville power bombs Fire through the broadcast table. Why? That's exactly what I said. I'm thinking what the fuck is this i'm thinking why is she helping toxic attraction she has nothing in common with this group except the leader of the group is a former friend of hers who literally drove her out of the fucking company so yeah this whole thing was fucking stupid from the get-go because none of it made any sense so anyway in a promo we see joe gacy says he tried to help cameron grimes now that this attempt has failed grimes must face the full might of schism by himself because no one will help him I highly doubt that, but this is a pretty good pro. But after the camera fell, did you know somebody else walking behind them? Uh, yeah, the dude in the red hoodie. Who's the dude in the red hoodie? Well, he's wearing a mask, so we don't know. Hmm. Maybe he's somebody they're initiating into the schism. Maybe at some point he'll reveal himself and we'll find out who the fuck it is. But for now, All he's right. just kind of there. Pretty much. So... She's, it's not really of any help to anyone. And after that, we cut to uh, Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons, who discuss their quest for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Lyons compliments Starks' drive. Stark says Lyons is developing really fast. Lyons says they're going to win the gold when they get a title shot. Tell you the truth, I love this promo right here. These two ladies are pumped up and ready to go, and I would love to see them win. I would too. I would love to see them win. All right, and that promo is probably one of the best ones in the match, to me personally. But, oh, all yeah. right, let's we'll see what you guys got. Well, that's because both they have to win first. Yeah, both these women are incredibly talented. That's the thing. They're talented. So they would do, and they they have they clearly have great chemistry just from sitting there talking. So I see no reason why they can't be the tag team champions. And they've already been featured on SmackDown, so they're already just as popular. And backstage, we cut to Quincy Elliott, who's hanging out with Hank Waller and the security guards. Waller wishes Elliott luck in his match tonight against Zion. Wishes luck in his match against Zion Quinn next week. Okay, this Quincy Elliott guy, I I don't get it. Uh, Do you? I just know he's the love child of Mabel and Goldust. Okay, this was pointless right here. I'm like, okay, Quincy Elliott, I don't really like you that much. It's it's cre- it's creepy. 
Oh yeah, what am I supposed to do? So we just got to sit through it and survive. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. We got Wesley versus Stax. No, I didn't really enjoy this match. It was just Wesley doing this typical freaking spot monkey bullshit, and Stax was trying to do the rough on tumble stuff that he's supposed to do. But all of a sudden, Stax loses the match, and the first person I thought of was you. Uh oh. Yeah, this was this was a waste of time. I didn't need to see this. It was basically stats being made to look like an idiot by somebody that doesn't deserve a push. This was not enjoyable. And then after the match, Trick Williams attacks Lee, Carmelo Hayes blindsides Lee, and then Oro Mensa makes the save. Lee dives onto Williams at ringside and stands tall with Mensa. All right, we see how he didn't get the shit kicked out of him, and he at least got back up. I like somebody who we know just got put through the the announce table. But okay, let's see what happens. Three, uh, four, uh, Three spot monkey guys and one that's not that's not in the match, but yeah, okay, yeah. Well, this was kind of their way of trying of again men- mentioning the participants in the ladder match for the North American title. So okay. they're kind of trying to get them on TV as a way to promote it. And of course, Trick Williams is there just to be dead weight for the whole damn thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's basically what we're watching here is just this waste of time. And then. We cut to the backstage area with DeVille, uh, who's standing with Dolan and Jane. DeVille notes that Rose is her best friend, so Mandy's girls are her girls too. She says fire abducting Rose was bound to have consequences. DeVille says she'll be standing in the ring next week, waiting for fire to face her. And they basically announced that next week it will be Sonya DeVille versus Alba Fire. Alba Fire needs to win. That's all I have to say. I was like, okay, you wouldn't be friends with somebody that drove you out of NXT. I don't know why, but okay. And I still don't understand why she's doing this. It makes no sense whatsoever. But next week, I will fire against Sonya Deville, and I will fire against to win. Here's the thing. She didn't drive Sonya Deville out of NXT. She drove her out of WWE. Because so. this was during the pandemic. Because, like, remember when, remember back when, um, fucking Mandy Rose had that thing with Otis? Yeah. And they revealed that Sonya Deville was the one who sabotaged the relationship, and Mandy felt betrayed, and then Sonya basically confronted her and said that she was, that she has no talent, that she's nothing but eye candy, and she was tired of playing second fiddle to a centerfold bitch, and then they had match, and then they had multiple matches, and they were originally supposed to have a hair versus hair match. That was the original plan. But Sonya Deville was dealing, this is a shoot I'm about to say here, she was dealing with a stalker mm. who legit broke into her house. Like she had to get out of her house, get in her car, and drive away because some bitch got into the house. I did not know that. And oh. she had to go to court, obviously, because there were charges filed. She had to go to court. So the reason they canceled the hair versus hair match was because they didn't want Sonya Deville walking into the courtroom with a bald head because Sonya was going to lose. So they decided to do a loser leaves WWE match instead because they already booked hair versus hair. And then they just changed it out of nowhere and made it loser leaves WWE. So when Mandy Rose beat Sonya Deville, Sonya Deville left the WWE, dealt with the court case, sat at home for a bit, and then eventually came back with that whole authority figure bullshit thing that we saw. So for her to all of a sudden be like, she's your best friend, really? Called continuity, assholes. Uh-huh. That's the thing about WWE that bugs me. When you just wipe shit clean like it didn't happen and pretend this is my best friend. Really? It's like, we've had our differences. Those aren't differences. That's that's not a difference. Now, you can say 
Now, if you want to write something, you can say, we buried the hatchet, we made up, we're friends again, that would be better. But pretending that what I, I didn't see what the fuck I saw two years ago, that is lazy booking. Say it with me, children. Lazy booking. All right. So after that, we cut to the Creed brothers and Ivy Nile, who are visiting Roger Strong at the hospital. This is the first time we've seen Roger Strong since he got taken out and carried off in the ambulance. Strong has a net brace on. He's sitting in a wheelchair. The Creed say it's tough to see him like that. Strong apologizes for what happened to Diamond Mine and says it's his fault because he brought Damon Kemp into Diamond Mine. He tells the duo to win at Halloween Havoc, and Julian says he's sure the hospital will have a bed for Damon Kemp after he's done with him. That was a good promo by them. He came out there and turns out uh, he got the one who got the shit kicked out of him. He says, just win, to, uh, win against them and send David Kemp into a hospital, right, a hospital bed right beside him. I was like, oh, good promo, man. Well, not right next to him. I get it. Well, you know what I mean. Just have, yeah, just have a bed for him because usually when you say there's going to be a bed right next to you, it's because you hate that other person. They don't want they don't want David Kemp in a bed next to Roger Strong because then Roddy has to look at his ass. What? And on, but yeah, so love the promo from Roderick Strong. Love that Diamond Mine is back together like this. And it's good to know that Roddy is a babyface. And I uh, look forward to seeing where this goes. And on that note, we'll move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. Thea Hale versus Hot for Teacher, Kiana James. It wasn't a match. I'll tell you that right now. Robert Stone came out of the front cell because he was upset. She saying him last week. Uh, he, he tried to attack her. She back swoops uh, uh, Robert Stone. James capitalized with, with a distraction. It's a 4-1 okay for the win. It was about 30 seconds. And apparently she, so, so she slams him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, this was basically stupid. Waste of everyone's time. Thank you very much. And once again, Robert Stone looks like an idiot. Um, safe to say he ain't wrestling anymore because he has just embarrassed himself over and over again. Agree with you. But at least Kiana James got the win because she's more credible than Thea. And we cut to the backstage area where we see Tony D'Angelo, who's on crutches. And he confronts Stax and scolds him for his loss. He says he'll have another match next week, but the Don of NXT won't tell Lorenzo who his opponent will be. He'll find out when the music plays. Well, we should know the man's on crutches and hopefully that Tony D recovers. Yay. Followed by the best, uh, guys, why'd you lose? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, but he says, don't worry, next week. He says, you'll have another match next week. I wonder who it is. Well, uh, let's just say I'm being very careful with who I choose. Because I don't want to put Stacks in the hospital, but I do got to teach him a fucking lesson. Bro. And that lesson is don't fail the Don. His job was to take out Wesley, who took out my damn knee. He's got me on this fucking crutch. And rest assured, when the Don heals up, Wesley will be wearing cement shoes at the bottom of whatever fucking rivers in Florida. Hell, I may even feed him to the alligators, if I so desire. Yeah, those are swamps, not lakes. Late, whatever you, you you say tomato, I say fucking tomato. All right. Either way, it's growing. In, either way, it grows in grandma's garden. You know what I'm saying? I guess. Good answer. So mm. anyway, like I said, we are gonna make a fucking choice here. We are gonna make a fucking statement here. And I just hope when I, I know when I get my knee fixed, I'm going for fucking gold. And ain't nobody gonna fucking stop me. All this fucking booking, and they just gonna put this ladder match with a bunch of fucking fugazis flying around the goddamn ring. Like, I bought a ticket to the fucking circus. Do I like somebody that wants to go to the circus? Mm, sometimes. 
the fuck makes you think I want to go to that goddamn circus where I wa wa watch some fat ass elephant walking around shitting all over the place? Mm, I don't know. You ever seen elephants shit up close? I have. I've been to a circus one or two times. It's frightening. Anyway, after this, we cut to Von Wagner, who uh, confronts Robert Stone and says it's time to get serious ahead of the ladder match at Halloween Havoc. Stone apologizes and says it's time for Wagner to win a title. Very, very true. I agree with you. I'm going for uh, Von Wagner in the uh, title match. Me too. Hopefully he wins. Too. Yeah, he deserves it. Yes, he does. He's got the look. He's got the skill. He don't do stupid acrobatic shit, and he could use a push. A very big push. Yeah. And then we cut to an interview with Cameron Grimes, who says he doesn't trust anyone in NXT, but that doesn't apply to all of WWE. Which basically means he's going to find two people to have his back at that match. And of course, that's the question. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I can't think of any friends Cameron Grimes has on the rosters that he could bring in to help. Well, maybe he'll pick two people that we like. I hope so. Well, he's a baby face. He's got to pick somebody like, he's got to pick two people that are likable. Very, very true. All right. So uh, let's see. And then, and then of course, we, we see uh, Cora Jade shows up and decides that since uh, Roxanne's going to pick somebody from SmackDown, she is going to pick somebody from Raw. Hmm. Now, I didn't see that. So now, here are the yeah. possibilities. Alexa Bliss, yeah. Asuka, although I've heard they're injured, so that's not a po that, that could be a possibility. Becky Lynch is injured, so she's out. Uh, I don't see Bianca doing it. Uh, let's see. There's Candice LeRae. Might make a little NXT return. Carmella, possibly. Kathy Kelly's an interviewer. There's Dana Brooke. Uh, I doubt it'll be Dakota Kai. There is Dewdrop. That's an option. Uh, not Probably not EO Sky. There's Nikki A.S.H. They might pick her. And again, she is a heel. And she did bring up Rhea Ripley, so Rhea might be an option. They might bring Rhea in for one night. All right, but she's a heel. I guess she'll go with SmackDown. I mean, go with... Uh... Yeah, so, so Rhea Ripley versus uh, Roxanne Perez. Mm -hmm. And there's Tamina. And then there's Tamina. That's all. I got a feeling she's going to pick Rhea Ripley. That I think might, so, too. So that might be the one night where we see Rhea Ripley not acting like a Judgment Day member and just having a one-on-one -on -one match. I just don't know who on SmackDown Roxanne Perez would pick to face Cora Jade. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. We have Ilya Dragunov versus Grayson Waller. I think this was the only, actually the only entertaining match of the night, right man. What about you? Oh, yeah. It yeah, this is fantastic. These two gentlemen, even though everybody hates Grayson Waller, I love them. Those two guys beat the living shit out of each other. Dragunov got moves in. Waller got moves in. It was back and forth. Thank God they stayed off the top rope and didn't have too many pinfalls like what we've been seeing in some points else. But otherwise, I thought this was great. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, there was a little uh, music playing when Waller was outside the ring trying to hit his defensive center move. And uh, and the wheel and the wheel make do it started spinning. And who this is? Freaked out uh, Waller once back into the ring, dragging up, uh, spiked him a few times, dragging up Flash Waller and pins him. One, two, three. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a stellar main event, but it delivered still. It, it, did, it, it was, did deliver. Yeah. These guys took the fight. Nobody looked weak. And in the end, Dragunov won as well he should have. So he can look good ahead of the triple threat match. Then, of course, Braun Breaker charges Dragunov, drops him with a spear. And J.D. McDonough looks on from the crowd, which obviously was expected. You know, Braun Breaker is going to give a receipt for that headbutt. Because it might have been an accident, but you did stand over me with my title in your hand. So I got to make a point that, you know, I'm not to be fucked with, playboy. 
And that's pretty much what that was. That was Braun Breaker establishing dominance and letting him know who the swinging dick motherfucker of NXT is. And there you go. JD's enjoying it, not knowing that he is also a target for that spear. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. All right, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment, where the Wens and I gave our predictions for Extreme Rules, which took place this past Saturday. And be on the lookout for our recap of Extreme Rules coming very, very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get these tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, the real involving Zach and I will be on Instagram soon, the Boochcast Instagram. Also, be sure to go to our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, you can still check out the double life of Chris Canyon is up there. Also, this Thursday, Blood and Wire, Onita's FMW. That's right. The review that Gator Ricky Ross and I did will drop this Thursday on the YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out. All the fun, all the excitement, all the craziness. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. We're getting together at 8 p.m. for the War Games. So make sure you're there to check us out. We're going to have a hell of a great party for you guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Join us live on the Twitch channel. Also, we got our live D&D show coming soon. We have our Boochcast booking battle and another special treat that we got coming to the show very soon once all the kinks are worked out. And, of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that bit fits the best within your budget. The first level is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to help us out. Second level is $4.99. That's $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got to where to put that $9.99. So to the $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than Network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money that we raise goes right back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, 
When it's all said and done, we feed uh, Zacharias Scott his ramen noodles, and uh, God, we try to get him laid. This is harder than I thought, ladies and gentlemen. It is a never-ending struggle. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>